The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Show me. Show me. Yeah, that's that's what matters to me. That state of Missouri is called the Show Me State, and it, it's about time that somebody shows one of them representatives out there how the. Mm, I'm gonna be nice. You know, this is America, man. Really, is something wrong with him? For those of you who I don't, just Google it. Really. You're going to tell people what they can, what they cannot do, college students, you know, football players who want to stand up for what's right for everybody. But the majority of people being mistreated happen to be black students. And you're going to take the football player scholarship because they want to protest, because they want to have a voice as a, as a, as a, as a college student. What are we teaching our students? Really? Show me. <laughs> We're going to show you how to get out of Office. That's what we're going to do. I'm not even going to mention what the representative's name is, but just Google University of Missouri football team. A state representative wants to to take the scholarships from athletes because if they if they go on strike or they protest or they incite a protest or they participate in a protest, he wants to take their scholarship because uh, that's a bad use of state money. Well, first of all, the university's football team operates on its own. They make their own money. They got their own money. They don't need your money. And you don't know the rules. In the law. You need to take time out. They're talking about dumb jocks. You need to take the time out and think before you speak. There's a reason why I was just in court with a couple guys here not long ago, this whole Ed O'Bannon thing. Here's this man who, first of all, they can't work. Then, you, you know, you're going to hold their scholarship as if it's over their head, as if it takes away all their rights. Because they have this scholarship, so you have the right to do nothing. You're not a human being. We're going to take away every right you have because we gave you a scholarship. You didn't give us anything, first of all. Because if you gave it to me, the person who's, who is in the room next to me, who is a student and is not an athlete, why didn't you give him the same thing you gave me? I earned it. I don't feel like I'm entitled because entitlement in my, in my book, entitlement is one of those things. Yeah, I feel somewhat entitled because I, I earned the right to get it. So then, yes, I'm entitled to it because of the guy next door, he didn't do anything. So he didn't get the scholarship. So he's not entitled to that scholarship that I get. And I'm only entitled to it if I go out there and, and, and perform to the level that you think I should. Because if you don't, you can revoke it in your, in, in, according to you. Okay, I'm a little pumped up. I'm also a little pumped up because I'm sorry, guys, but I, you know, I, you know, life catches up with you a little bit. And every now and then, you think you can do some things you you could do when you were younger. I guess I thought I could do a couple of things I could do when I was younger, and no, I just can't. 
So I got to go to the doctor. <laughs> and I'm going to miss a few shows, but it took me a little time to get here uh, just because I was, you know, had to take care of some business, handle my business. So anyway, um, wow. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we're we're going to take a break probably mm, instead of, uh, obviously, we just missed this one. So we'll take one at the bottom of the hour, uh, right about halfway through there. And um, I'm not sure if Chef Julian is with me or if Henry Clay is with me. Henry is certainly going to be joining me. Uh, I think Chef Julian may be joining us shortly as well. Uh, but um, I, I'm just really, really pumped up about this, uh, what's going on in society today. You know, this is, this is, first of all, and I've heard some people say some things like, well, go back to Africa. You know, first of all, this country, everybody, is, that's the one thing about this United States of America, is this is a free country. We want everybody to come. First of all, we all came from someplace else, either, you know, by force or either because you just stumbled upon the place. <laughs> you know, you were exploring and you stumbled upon it. You didn't discover anything because there were people here when you got here. You can't, you know, something that's discovered is something that's new. Never heard of, never seen. It. It's new. Can't have some people already there. That's what I always, you know, I always wondered, you know, when... Whoever, Christopher Columbus, I don't care who the hell they said discovered America. Well, when you got there and there were people already there, you ever been lost in your car and drive down the street and see somebody and, and, and roll your window down and say, hey, man, I'm trying to get to such and such. OK, so when they got to America and somebody was already here, did you ask them, well, where where is this place? Where, where am I? Because you obviously were lost. So come on, man. We all came from someplace else. I got some ancestors that came over on some ships. Maybe they didn't want to come. But when, once you get there, this thing called life, you make the best of it. And that's what the America is. We're going to make the best of it. And I believe my Philadelphia Eagles are doing the best they can to make the best of what they have at this time. And somebody help me explain that as my good friend. And first of all, I always have to introduce this man. It's just what you call respect. You look at people. You admire what they do. When you get enough courage. You approach them, you speak to them, you ask them questions. Sometimes they're already asking you questions, but you don't get to ask them questions, so you answer their questions. But I've always admired this man and his work and what he's done in the past and continues to do. And he's one of those men, I'm gonna, you know, he, he's, a, he's a pioneer, I'm going to say, in this business of sports because uh, he, he, he's, he's a man who looks like me. And I'm sure there were times and struggles when Henry came up in, in the business of reporting on sports where maybe he might not have felt as welcome. But certainly those young men out there in the University of Missouri uh, to stand up for the rights of their other students, fellow students that are African-American who are being mistreated. I applaud them and I stand by them and I might have to fly out there and stand with them. But Henry, how you doing there, man? It's good to hear from you. I'm doing quite well, and uh, what those young men are doing there, I hope they're checking the history. There's a long history of racial problems in the Missouri area. My godparents live there, so I know about them very well. And neither of them, obviously, she couldn't play football, and he was injured in World War II, so he couldn't play football. But I hear there are stories of that area they go way back. Well, Henry, I'm glad to hear you say that. My wife is actually from Missouri. She's uh, she's from Florissant. Uh, she uh, she she was born in, in St. Louis, but they moved out in, in the county. And uh, and it's it's been interesting to me this whole you know time to watch this episode just play out in the media. And and it's one of those things where as I have always felt that 
what I do as an athlete is just a piece of who I am. God has given me so much more to do, and I want to enjoy everything. That's why I just I do not feel that people really realize that those men, young men that are on college campus are entitled to participate as a student just like everybody else. And if those other people who are students were good enough to be athletes, they would be able to participate in the athletic programs. But since they're not, they don't participate in that. But those young men did not waive their right that when their fellow student is not being treated with respect, that they can't join arms with them and stand up with them and stand up for them and protest. And I, I just, it just bothers me that somebody would think about taking their scholarship because they would voice their opinion or they would participate in something like this today. I, and, and this is 2015, Henry. Yeah, well, there's one thing. <clears throat> we have in this country something called the Bill of Rights. Well, that is also correct. It is printed on paper. But so many times people have taken those rights and twisted them for their own benefit to right now you have to say, what are the Bill of Rights? And I think this is a perfect example of that. It's almost like, you know, we're trying to figure out what is a catch in the National Football League. And you're exactly right. And until, you know, it's okay when it's convenient for certain people. This representative from the state of Missouri, I'm sure it was okay with him as long as those athletes were in check. And they were doing, you know, what they were supposed to do on the football field. And they were representing the state of Missouri. And they were bringing all the attention and revenue to the university. It's okay. That was okay. But he, of course, did not give them permission, as as he thinks he has the the authority to, to grant them permission to speak about something other than football. And, and again, those young men... And young women, and for as far as sports is concerned, these are intelligent young people who have a mind of their own, and we are there to help shape them and mold them. The university is just there to help educate these, not to brainwash them, but to educate them. And certainly, education, as you mentioned, is about history. And for those young men to know their history, and I believe right now, you know, you know, uh, I'm sure Mr. Ali is happy. I'm sure that Mr. Russell is happy. I'm sure that Mr. Uh, Jabbar is happy that these young men are standing up for their rights, you know, as they should, because those are men who did it in the 60s. I'm sure you can probably mention a few others. Kurt, I'm going to say Kurt Floyd, Flood did some things back in, in the day, too. But I'm sure you can mention some others that would be happy, Henry, that these young men are taking a stand today because they took those stands in the 60s. 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, let's put it this way. I'm going to send you some material. I will do it immediately after we're done this radio program because it would take a long time to uh, to explain what I would like to say to you about the state of Missouri. And uh, you will uh, absorb it. I think you'll have a few things to say when you come before these microphones once again but it takes too long, and I know we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there this afternoon. Okay. Uh, as we enjoy these nice warm days back east, it's almost like the Valley of the Sun back here, our fourth uh, high-rise temperature record-setting day, which is common in the Valley of the Sun, but I won't say anything about that. 
Uh, <laughs> well, my wife, uh, my wife, who is an environmentalist, will say that that is global warming, which some people don't think exists. But, but, no. but let's go forward, Henry, and talk a little football. But I want to do this uh, again because and of the I will respect. Send you this material, and I, I will send you this material, and you will address it. And I and I want to have a show. And out of respect for you, because I think you have a, a long legacy that I would like to keep that legacy going. And I would like to have you have the opportunity to speak about those things from your perspective. And I can add my perspective to it as well. But just to reflect on history that that people years ago died. There's people, you know, this man is talking about things that do you know if those people wouldn't have marched years ago. People, those young black men couldn't even play football at University of Missouri, nor would those black students be on that campus. So there's a lot of history we can rehash and I can get it from somebody. I will, who give, you, I will give you one example and we'll move on. Uh, as we were preparing for my graduation from college in East Tennessee, we had finished the, uh, the uh, practice or whatever you want to call it. We got back to the dorm, and about an hour later, we had a cross burned on the lawn. Say no more there. Mr. Clay gave it to you exactly the way it used to be. And I, I, I came out of school in 1981. I'm going to just go ahead and give it to my dear friend. That was a couple years before me. And here it is in 2015. And we're experiencing some of these same things. So let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles because uh, Chef Julian has joined us. But we're going to, uh, Henry and I are going to talk about this a little bit. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Redskins, are tied for first place in the NFC East. And the Dallas Cowboys, according to one of the big boy shows out there, of which we'll skip over what they said, uh, believes that perhaps maybe even the Dallas Cowboys are still in the playoff hunt for the NFC East. Listen, I'm happy that this late in the season, we don't know. It's not clearly defined who will be representing the NFC East. But I also, Henry, I, I got to stop and think a couple weeks ago, in football weeks, week to week, is like, you know, 10 games. And we were about ready to run Chip Kelly out of town. And I was on that bandwagon, too. I'm still not sure I've jumped off that bandwagon. But the football team looks like they're playing better. What, what's, what's the temperature there, and what's everybody thinking about what the, how the team is performing on the field? Obviously, the, the last two games have totally uh, changed a lot of people's minds. The Eagles went south on Thanksgiving Day, they became the turkeys on the field, not the turkeys on the table. After losing the uh, five days earlier, 45 to 17, I think it was, and they turn around and give up 45, 47 points on Thanksgiving Day, and that's when everybody jumped on the bandwagon. I have to stay, uh, stay neutral so I can collect my paycheck. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I was kind of leaning about thinking. Well, I was holding on to the wheels as it went by. Let's put well, it well, that way. Well, we have a we have a a, a very respected author back there. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, a writer back there, columnist um, uh, Ray Denninger. I believe Ray lost the left side of his brain on uh, Chip Kelly and just went on a rant uh, because I think he was tired of uh, Chip Kelly. And, and, and what, perhaps maybe what excuses he might give and, and the way he, the team was performing after uh, making moves that he felt would improve the team. Um, so there were a, peop, a few people uh, in the industry who had some things to say. But the locker room, uh, there was a time where they thought he had lost 
the locker room. But it appears that these guys, are they playing for themselves? Are they playing they for are. their jobs? Are they playing well, for first him? Well, of all, Ray, I don't think, I think Ray, uh, Ray did Kelly, uh, Chip Kelly had, I'm calling all the Kellys I know, Chip Kelly had some growing up to do, and he grew up real quick. He found out that, A, these are grown, highly paid young men, not college students. Right. Number two, he was in an area where the media is, first of all, football, as you very well know, is a religion in the city of Philadelphia. And that's all the media, because the Phillies, of course, finished with the worst record in baseball. The uh, the 76ers are 26 games into the season with one win. The Flyers were kind of uh, treading water there for a while, even though they're playing a little bit better now. Uh, But right there, when those two, the, the 92 points in five days, that was the only thing people had to talk about that all the shows, all the blogs, all of the Twitter uh, posts, that was all they were talking about was the Philadelphia Eagles and maybe Chip Kelly talked to some people on the phone or in person and somebody said to him or somebody said to him, you've got to make some changes in your approach. Uh, and I guess that is uh, has been passed on to the players because, yes, they are playing much better. They are playing a lot sounder in a lot of positions which normally do not get attention like the offense and defensive line. Fletcher Cox has really absolutely turned his game up, not one notch, but two, maybe four or five notches over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and where they came from, I don't know. Maybe, as you said, players have taken on themselves to say, we don't want to get embarrassed. We know we're in a division that is very, very tight. Some people say not very good. Other people say it's very tight. Uh, and we have a shot at this thing. Um, when Sam Bradford addressed us yesterday, he said, we, we definitely hold our own destiny in our hands. They've got a very, very tough game coming up this weekend with the uh, team right down the street from where you're broadcasting from. Uh, and this will be a major test for the Philadelphia Eagles defense because they may have the best uh, receiving core in football right now. Well, I'll tell you what we're um, going to do, Henry. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit about It's about time that Sam Bradford and somebody else, Malcolm Jenkins also last week, stepped up and, and said a few things. We're going to talk about that as well as the Eagles facing the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to take a break. Have Henry Clay on the line with me, and Chef Julian's there waiting. So why don't you join me after this break, because I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Show me. That's what matters to me. The representative out there in Missouri uh, obviously doesn't think that these young men should have a voice or should have an opinion about anything other than football. And he is wrong. Absolutely wrong. I have my good friend uh, and mentor uh, on the line with me, Henry Clay. And Henry and I have been talking about that. And, of course, those Philadelphia Eagles, Chef Julian is on with us. And, uh, Henry, let me just... Let me just, if I will, if I could, before we go any further, you mentioned Sam Bradford had had said something this week. I know Malcolm Jenkins had said something last week. And and, and I think what Malcolm said, uh, obviously, before they went into that uh, New England Patriots game. uh, So that may have been a week and a half ago. But but I, I believe, you know, Malcolm's position had something to do with, you know, chip holding all players accountable, not individually in individual meetings, but in group sessions. And that he felt that that would perhaps maybe uh, inspire the players more uh, if indeed they were critiqued amongst their peers instead of, you know, individually, whether it be in a, in a, in a position meeting or individually. I have been accustomed to, to that. You know, some of the great coaches I'm going to say, you know, from from high school to college, you know, Woody Hayes, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, uh, Dick Vermeil, Marty Schottenheimer. You know, these are men that as a team, uh, whatever critique of your performance they had and whether it was good or bad, it happened in a team setting. And so uh, I, I wonder about a coach who 
is somewhat hesitant to to criticize or praise his team in in a, in a, in a setting where they could be held accountable by their teammates because they want to know. They, you know, they want to hold each other accountable, and they want the coach to hold them accountable. What do you think about that? Do you think of the years that you've been there, uh, have you heard that there's been different styles of which coaches have done it in terms of having them, you know, you know critiqued by themselves individually or in, group ses- or, you, or, or in a group session? Or do you think it's best that they should uh, do it individually or not so much of what you think but what you've heard in the past about how coaches do that? Well, I've heard all of that. You are correct. But what I think Chip was saying, and obviously we don't get into those meetings, but what I think, and I, the players even kind of uh, hindered among when they would talk to us basically off the record with the pads and pockets and electronic gear not turned on, was this team was lacking player leadership. And I think that just as you just said, with them all sitting down, some people started saying, well, yeah, maybe I better go talk to this guy. Maybe I ought to talk to my the guy next to me or the guy in front of me and say, hey, you're not doing your job. Yeah, and, and I'm glad to hear that, Henry, because I think I think I think we saw some results. I mean, I, I can't say for sure because I haven't talked to Malcolm. I haven't talked to any of the players there, but I know. Nobody gave them a, a rat's chance to beat the New England Patriots. No, 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 I don't know. No, no smart man had his money on the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, nor they, they last week with Buffalo coming in there for whatever reason or another. Still, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles it just wasn't the team. You know, Shady's coming back. You know, he's he's been in the media all week, you know, saying things that uh, that he really didn't appreciate the way he was you know, treated in there in Philadelphia and the man, the way the man who treated him treated him. Um, so nobody really gave. So I'm going to say that I think it was more of the players and their perspective, uh, you know, and they taking upon themselves to be productive and go out. Because that's a city there where those people love those football players. I got Chef Julian on the line. Chef Julian, you still there? Yes, sir. I'm still oh, here. Oh, uh, you, 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 you got a chance to, to see and watch and hear about the Philadelphia Eagles. From your perspective, uh, how do you feel uh, or what do you feel was the motivating factor? you think it was something that Chip did or said? Or, or do you think the players, you know, kind of held each other accountable? Because, again, we're just taking people's opinions because we don't have a player here to answer that. But you've read the quotes about Malcolm Jenkins. You, you, you saw the articles. Uh, what are you thinking? I, I seriously think it was just the fact that they were going up against the defending champs. And I think it's the fact that no one uh, – had give, give they gave them a chance to win. Uh, I think they rallied around that, thinking that they could be the underdog, and I think that's that lit a spark in this season. And I think that could lead them to a, a, a nice win streak, to probably surprising people and winning the NFC. So, I mean, I'm not going to say they might even surprise people in the playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to do like the Giants of uh, 2007 and run the table in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl and upset the undefeated Panthers and beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl or something. I'm not saying all that. I mean, I'm just saying they could surprise some team, some players and some fans in the NFL and might even make it deep in the playoffs. Henry, uh, you're there. Uh, you know, you're right there in the thick of things. Uh, you see the players. You see the coaches. Uh, the confidence level, is this something where they're now feeling that perhaps maybe uh, they're gelling at the right time? And if they are gelling at the right time, 
Because, again, New England, for some reason or another, hey, they might have peaked too soon. But if the Eagles are peaking at the right time, does that right time include or not include DeMarco Murray? Because it seemed like, man, he wasn't part of that, you know, the last two weeks here. Well, I'll get to that in a second. (laughs) I'm going to tell you a famous story in football of what a team meeting will do. With the 61 Green Bay Packers, they started the season in Chicago, and they lost six to nothing. They went down. They used to ride trains in those days, and they went down to St. Louis. Oh, that's right, the home of the Cardinals. We've heard of them, (laughs) and they lost nine to nothing. Well, the two railroad cars that they had, one was for the uh, players and one was for the uh, team officials and other VIPs that went along. Vince Lombardi ran in, charged into the players' uh, car and said, All right, I want everybody in their seat, ready to go, pencils in hand, when I walk in at 9 o'clock in the morning. Slammed the door, went back to the coaches and players and VIP cars. The next morning, Vince Lombardi walked in. All the players were sitting at their, in their chairs with their notepads out. He walked behind his desk and picked up a football. And he said, gentlemen, this is a football. He sat down. Five seconds passed. Nobody said anything. Ten seconds passed. Still silence. About 20 seconds in, Max McGee raised his hand and said, Coach, could you slow down? You're going a little bit too fast for me. The room broke up, including Lombardi. They did not lose another game that season. I I would say uh, if Vince Lombardi uh, walked into a room and uh, was in the room without his other coaches, I'm sure that was the kind of meeting that it had to have something, a special meaning to it. Uh, the tone of that meeting, I think he said it from what I'm just picturing as you said that. And I would think that that would do something for those players. There are different types of meetings that you have with your coaches. And when, when coaches emphasize certain things, it's almost like uh, I can say this. I'm not going to say a coach. I'm going to say any coach. When you've lost a game where you haven't been performing to your ability and the coach walks into a room and he says what he has to say, and the last two words he say is get dressed, you know something's about to happen. <laughs> you know, and it ain't going to be good. When you, hear get, right. when you hear get dressed and that's the last words that he says and he walks out, it's quiet in the locker room. Everybody know it's, you know, it's, 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 it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a walk to the to the uh, to the death chamber <laughs> because it, it's going to be that bad when you get out. Your tongue's going to be hanging out. You're going to be on the practice field for hours and hours. But coaches have a way of getting through to their. The great coaches have a way of getting through to their players. Now it could be because Chip has won some games, haven't done anything in the playoff. I think it's what he's got one. Does he? Have, I don't think he's been in the playoffs since he's been there. He's been one. He went to one, one and lost and lost. So so he hasn't done anything yet, but he if he turned this around, the only thing you could say about it is okay, this coach still stayed relevant and, and he was in he he was in the thick of things when it counted. It, it didn't get too far out of hand because nobody else was winning in the NFC East. And if he makes it through this, and wins 
one game in the playoffs. I think then we're going to have to rethink what we think about Chip Kelly because the fact of the matter is, is football seasons, the, like I said, the weeks, there's so many games in between. I mean, it's only one game every seven days. So it's not like baseball and basketball. You're playing two and three games in between. We've got to wait a whole week to think to rethink what we think about him. So you don't have to wait a little bit, my friend. About eight twenty-five my time. I guess it's five twenty-five your time. This Sunday, we will know has this team turned the corner, or I, has this team not turned the corner? Wait, don't they aren't aren't they the Thursday game this week? Or are they the Sunday night game? Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday night. We're we're gonna look forward to that game for sure because I, you know, you got the Arizona this Cardinals. Is be the best test that this, if they can pull out a win over the Arizona Cardinals, then they they will obviously they will be playing well enough to win the division. Well, here's the, the thing about it. Would, uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. Here's what they got to do. They, they have, well, I think they need to win. You know, they just need to run the table. The Eagles need to run the tables to well, finish the season. To. That's exactly right. But, well, but I don't know because I don't. I'm not so sure the Giants. Cam, I think, is coming away with a victory because I, I just don't think they're going to rest him. I don't think you need to rest him. So I think the Giants are going to lose. Uh, I also think that the Redskins are going to lose. So I think each one of those two teams, the Redskins and the Giants, are going to lose at least one more game. The Eagles may have to. The Eagles may lose one game, and the only game I think they can afford to lose is the Arizona Cardinals, and then they got to run the table. But then I think the Giants end up with the with the um, with no, the a tiebreaker. The final two games for the Eagles. The, are the, are the final two games for the Philadelphia are the, e- the Washington Redskins and the Giants is the last game of the and season. The United, and the Giants is the last game of the season, so they could determine. They'll be able to determine that right there at home. Uh, here's what I'm going to do, Henry. I, I got Chef Julian on the line with me. I'm going to take this break. If you can stay with us, do if you can't, because you got to go, because I know you're busy back there in Philadelphia. I thank you so much. We're going to take this break. We're going to come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. 
from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce, the sports doc, and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, show me. That's right, the show me state out there. There's a state representative out there who thinks that student-athletes uh, have no voice, can't do anything other than play football, shouldn't have an opinion, shouldn't want to participate in events outside of football that has anything to do with protesting the rights of those individuals who just want to be treated like decent human beings uh, who are students on the campus of the University of Missouri. He doesn't think that's any of their business, and he's wrong. He's simply wrong. And, and one thing, I'm so glad because, as I said at the start of the show, I'm sure it was protests like the ones that he's seeing now that allowed for African-American students to participate on their football program and attend their university. So this, uh, this, is, this young man, I, I think he's got a big problem there in the state of Missouri, and we'll find out a little bit more about that. But let, let's talk about this. What I have to do, I, you know, it would be, I would be remiss, and, and it would really be a, dis, um, a dishonor for me to not to acknowledge the, the nearly game of perfection uh, that we saw last night of e- Eli Manning, where Eli showed that he has, Eli has that gene of performance, that he shows up and it shows out. He shows out when he has to. Uh, he probably that clutch gene that I'm not sure Peyton has it when it comes to the playoffs. But Eli shows you that, man, he don't care. He'll get it done. And, and he had an outstanding performance last night. Henry, uh, you know, you've seen some great quarterbacks over the years, but 87% in terms of completing passes in the National Football League and a real game, a meaningful game, uh, is worthy of some comments. So, so what do you think about Eli and, and his performance? Well, first of all, <clears throat> that was a, that was a must-win for not just the standings. That was uh, possibly an audition for some changes that are probably going to come from the, to the New York Giants next year. Uh, Mr. Coughlin may not be around. Both he may be asked to not be around, or he may ask to be not himself not be around, which is rumored all over New York that uh, he's on the bubble, or he's put himself on the bubble. He may retire. Um, when you have somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. out there, you find him. He's uh, he has, in my opinion. Uh, removed uh, the young man from Dallas as the best receiver in the league. And uh, speaking of Mr. Bryant, is who I was referring to. Of course. 
that was um, that was incredible. I mean, a hail mary with that much time, with that late in the game, to do it and do it where the whole defensive backfield of the Dolphins were standing there with uh, signs that said "stop," like the crossing guard who you see going to school in the morning. Um, and that was, I mean, it was, it, it was, the pass was so well thrown that he just ran right under it and was gone. Well, I, I, I'm going to say this. I, I think Odell Beckham, you know, without a doubt is right now is playing lights out. You know, he, he's playing ball uh, similar to, you know, Cam is on a different kind of level, you know, uh, but, but I think he, in terms of receiver, he's definitely the best receiver in the league this year. Um, but I'm going to tell you this, what Eli did last night, I, I just think I'm not so sure that Tom Coughlin has to go because you got to think, you know, his the best defensive lineman he has his is a fraction of the player that he can be because of his injured hand. You got They didn't have a running game all year long. And the uh, the, the uh, what we thought was the best receiver they had, which is now we know probably the second best receiver they had. You know he has sparingly been playing at all this season. You know so so it's just been Eli and and Beckham, and that's that's it without them. And here they are this late in the season. So if Tom wanted to come back, I think he could make a strong case that he deserves to come back based upon you know what he had to work with. You know, but but I'm not sure. He wants to come back. He's up there in age. You know, he has, you know, grandchildren, wants more, to relax. That you just hit it on the head. I was trying to be nice. Yeah. I don't think he really would wants to come back. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's why. And, and it's okay. You know what? It's okay for him to say that. It's, it's very similar to the way the uh, Indianapolis coach, coach put it uh, this morning when he, when he said, he said, you know, guys, if they don't, you know, choose to let me come back, uh, so what? You know, I've got grandchildren, you know, you know, and, and his situation is a little bit different because, you know, he's not death was knocking on his front door. So that's a little different for him. He, he's a survivor of, I think, cancer. So we know that story. Uh, but 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 I, I just think that the Giants team, again, for them to be as bad as they are, you know, because the Giants team, again, they're, they're missing some people. The Philadelphia Eagles are operating with just about everybody. They don't have an excuse. The Dallas Cowboys, well, Tony Romo was out. Dez was out. You know, DeMarco Murray's been gone. So they got some excuses. They're trying to figure out their team because, well, they're not figuring it out, but they just had injuries. Washington Redskins, I don't know what their excuse is, you know, but the Giants are the only one that has legitimate ex- reasons and excuses for their poor performance this year. Anybody else in the NFC East? Who else would you say? Chef Julian, you, you got something to say about that? I mean, I, I think that the Giants could win the NFC East, but I don't know if they are going to win the NFC East. Yeah, right? but, I'm, but I'm, my, my point is that they have a reason for the despicable play that they've demonstrated this year is because of the fact that, you know, they, they've, you know they, they're – they don't have any players. Their players were hurt, just like the Cowboys. The Cowboys have an excuse. The Redskins and the Eagles don't have excuses. They they should be performing oh, at, the, at the highest level. The Eagles should be performing. The Redskins have moved away from RG three and and they've moved on. So the Redskins should be performing. Um, but okay, so listen, guys, we we, we got about three minutes here, uh, Henry. I'm going to ask you. Okay, do the Eagles pull this off against the Arizona Cardinals? Sunday? Yes. Uh, I take the fifth. <laughs> you can't. Okay, now here's the thing about that. You can't do now that, you're, Henry. You're you, <laughs> that what I just said. Well, you're going to take the fifth. But listen, you're going to take the fifth. 
Are you going to take the fifth because you want to be kind to the Philadelphia Eagles? Or is you, are you taking the fifth because you, you're more of a neutral position? Or is it just too early in the week for you? Uh, well, let me put it this way. And I'll, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to play a little real coy. Uh, the coach of the Arizona Cardinals uh, I have known for a long time. He's a, he's a temple man. I know you have. Okay. Now. You, you you go from there. You take it yeah. from there. Yeah, Bruce Arian is, of course, is a, a Temple man, and 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 this, I'm sure he's going to enjoy being back there in Philadelphia. He's going to see a lot of good friends, and and he probably wants to win. I, and you know, as a matter of fact, he's here in Arizona. I'm sure that's a job that you know at one point in time, if you know, he wouldn't mind having that job. You know, I'm sure they're not they're not trying to run him out of Arizona. Believe that he's going to be here for a while. Chef no, Julian, no, no, we, he, he is not going anywhere. No, <laughs> Chef Julian, Mr. we got two. We Mr. got. Bidwell likes it. Mr. Bidwell likes his coach. There you go. Chef Julian, we got two minutes there. The Philadelphia Eagles, are they winning that game? And then a quick comment on Johnny football. Uh, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to run the table. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it. I'm going to make this statement. Philadelphia Eagles are going to run the table for the rest of the year. And Johnny Menzel, I think he's got another win in him. Maybe two. Okay, two quick comments, guys. There's two teams out there. Would you want your team to run up against the Steelers or the Seahawks at this time? No, on no. both. <laughs> no, on both. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that's what you guys might say. Those are two teams that didn't look so good earlier in the year, but right now I would not want to play them. I thank these two gentlemen. Of course, Henry Clay, who's uh, I'm going to call my I mentor. Would not want, I would want to play Marshall Lynch, healthy or not, anytime, anywhere, any place. That's that's Period. like that's that's Henry Clay. There, you know what? That reminds me of Cassius Clay, who always got the last word in. It's time for us to go, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.